0: Well, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft show, a podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business and your life to the next level. This my friends is episode number 488 and I am your host Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man. And in this week's episode we are going to do something super crazy, something I've never done here in the show ever. In in 488 episodes this has never been done. This is not an interview it's more than just a conversation. In a way, it's kind of like what I kind of view as, as a potential coaching call based upon an entrepreneurial journey. Many of you know that about a year ago, I decided that I wanted to get more into life, mindset, and also business coaching. To helping people who are further behind in the journey. Back back in the early days of my business, things were really tough. I did everything the hard way. I made tons of mistakes. And I've had this incredible journey. I've been blessed tremendously over the years. I've learned so much because of the network of people that I surround myself with. And there are so many things that I see today that I know today that if I would have known back then, it would have saved me so much. Uh, problems and strife and everything else. And so I, I have a passion for helping other people who are still struggling. And the interesting thing is, is that I was connecting with my friend Sarah Stahl on Snapchat. Now, Sarah is one of very few people that I'm still following on Snapchat because she is amazing in her use of Snapchat, she is in the way she tells her stories. She's authentic, she's very transparent, as you're going to hear in this episode. But I want to share with you, and by the way, I have Sarah's permission to share everything that you're about ready to hear. I'm going to share with you first a one minute and 41 second audio clip, and it's going to sound choppy because it's 10 second sound bites from Snapchat, and sometimes you get cut off. But here is the story that Sarah shared recently in her Snapchat story. Have a listen. Today
1: has been a very humbling day and we're about to have some adult talk, folks. First off, we're gonna talk about how difficult entrepreneurship is. I mean, when in the world did entrepreneurship become a glamorous thing? I got your glamor for you. I'm considering taking a job I hate. I've had to go to my client on my knees to get payment today, and we're taking two grand out of our mutual fund. My husband and I don't have health insurance, so we get seen at the VA and our kids have state insurance, which we could barely afford to pay the co-pays from last night's doctor visit. Now we're gonna get real personal because I'm in the middle of a dump the front challenge just so that I could try to feel like a normal person from all the work I do behind my computer. Most of which is volunteer work so that I could build up my reputation in the community. This is where I need you to pay attention. I'm not saying all this to complain. I have full faith that God has us exactly where he wants us to be at the moment. I'm having this little car side chat because I want folks to understand how difficult this life decision is to become an entrepreneur. These are the exact moments right now that make people like you look up to entrepreneurs because they have done something that seems like nobody else. Long story short, I know I went about this kind of in reverse, but I want to to encourage every entrepreneur out there to keep going honestly if it isn't so difficult you're ready to like bash your head against the wall you're not doing something right you see what I've discovered in this very humbling day is that it's the difficulty that makes all the difference and increases success factors
0: all right so obviously there was a ton that she shared in this very short story on snapchat so much of it I could relate to, I could identify with, and there are some things that I certainly agree with, and then some things that I've learned, well, wait a second, there's a different way of thinking about a lot of this. And there are so many different bullet points, and I've even taken notes on that little one minute and 41 second clip. I have a ton of notes just on the little things that she shared there. And I couldn't just blast her with everything, but I, I I didn't want to come off and say, and by the way, I'm not here to fix anybody's problems or to say that I have all the solutions that I know more than Sarah. i I'm just a fellow journeyman on on this journey and and I just want to share some of my experience and my thoughts based upon what I've seen rather than telling her this, I believe you're wrong, this is what I think." I sent Sarah a private snap message. I typed it out on my little tiny keyboard on my phone, but I only took one bullet point. The only point that I actually responded to was where she says, I'm trying to feel like a normal person from all the work I do behind my computer, most of which is volunteer work so that I can build up my reputation in the community. And so all I did is I took out my little phone and I I snapped her back with this little text message. It says, is volunteer work the best way to build your reputation in the community? Or is that a story that you've told yourself that you fully embraced to be true? And then I actually sent one little message following up with that. I said, is it possible that volunteer work could damage your reputation in the community. Now, notice I'm not saying it will, you know, this is a terrible idea. I'm just asking the question, is it possible that volunteer work could be actually hindering you versus helping you? And so Sarah responded, and of course she used the little audio message in Snapchat, and this is what she had said back.
1: Well, aren't you honest, Cliff? (laughs) So, little bit. Two things about that I believe strongly is we have always been a military family, so we've moved around every four years to new places. And that is what has given me a foothold within businesses in the community is by volunteering for different programs like the chamber and whatnot. So, I can see a difference. I'm just struggling with at what point do I stop and take in paid? Because I ask myself the same question that you just asked you know, is it damaging my reputation within the community? I don't know yet. I do know that a lot of people talk about me and send potential business my way. I'm just not sure right now because I'm just diving in and questioning later, you know. But that's a great question and I would love to know the answer to that.
0: All right, so she sent me that message, and then, of course, I typed back another typed up message inside of Snapchat, and I said, what would life be like if you only worked with paid clients who paid you so much money that it scares you and scares you so much that you're more driven to provide massive results for their business to ensure that they get an awesome return on their investment with you? Now, when those clients refer you, they'll refer you to their friends who they know can afford your services and who will even pre-sell you to their friends. I just wanna plant some seeds of thoughts for you to consider. I hope I didn't offend you. I just would hate to see you take a job that you hate just so that you can keep up with all of those hours in front of the computer doing volunteer work. And so in response to that, Sarah sent me this message.
1: Cliff, you gave me a good laugh. I'm not offended at all. I really thrive on constructive criticism, believe it or not. And I know that I'm not the end-all be-all. I know that there's people that know more than me in certain areas. And so I am certainly not offended. And I'm honored that you took the time to give me your thoughts on this. I've been in business for about four years. And I can see... I could see things happening. I just don't there's just some things I don't know what to do to take things to different levels. So I the only thing I know how to do is give because that's that's the core of who I am as a person and that's my default. So I default to giving because although I am a very hard worker, I'm not a shrewd business savvy person. <laughs> so that's the area that I struggle with, you know, to be honest with you. I appreciate your feedback and I have several clients that I work very hard for, but you <laughs> you convicted me a little bit because you're right. You know, if I wasn't volunteering and out there doing other things, I would have more time to put in to them to prove my worth. And so you have pushed me in the right direction.
0: So here's the situation. I'm also a very driven person to give. I would love to just spend all day long going back and forth with Sarah and having a conversation with her, trying to encourage her, give her some ideas, maybe just ask questions, maybe help her think of some new things, but I didn't have time to do it. I've got a huge busy week, but I asked her, I said, I, I said Sarah, I have a super crazy thought. I, I said, you obviously feel you know, that it's okay for you to publicly share what you shared on Snapchat, crazy question. Would you be interested in coming on to my show and having a conversation with this? And by the way, I said, if that sounds too scary, please say no. She didn't say no. She said yes. And in fact, Sarah's been on hold on here listening to everything I've said to open up the show here. Sarah, welcome to the Cliff Ravenscraft show.
1: Thanks, Cliff. I am so excited to be here.
0: So, okay. (laughs) You and I have had this introduction and now I invited you to come onto the show I want to talk with you and and first of all I just want to ask you has this actually been going through your mind this idea of volunteer work and how that might be potentially hurting you more than it's helping you or or what what are your thoughts there
1: so I have a couple of people that I trust um, two very specific people that I trust and I talked to, to about this with them. And they have kind of reminded me of some very interesting things and although I still agree with you that I, I need to give 150% to the people who are paying me and if there's anything that's getting in the way of that time, then I need to stop the unpaid things. However, I cannot I cannot ignore the the business that I've gotten because of all the volunteer work that I've done. So I kind of struggle with, back to my original thinking, you know, with one of the first messages I sent back to you is, what's too much? Where do you draw the line? Because I have another meeting this Friday with Potential Business for social media and a website based off of volunteer work that I've done for boards that people have asked me to sit on. And I thought, how am I going to, how am I going to do that? Because I, I take my job so seriously when you start to spread yourself too thin, then the quality diminishes and I care about the quality. So I think about that too. Um, so I'm still kind of struggling with it because I cannot ignore the, the paid work that has come from volunteering and the people who have learned about who I am and what I do because of the free work I've done. But... At the same time, I have a family to feed. <laughs> My husband and I have have kids to take care of, and so I don't know how long I can maintain this.
0: That's the the thought that I was having is that there are a couple things that I can pull together from all the things that you've had, you and I have had in the conversation prior to this call, and that mm-hmm. is you're in business for four years now, and I certainly, I've been in a in a lot of similar situations to you. I, I mean, obviously, I come from a, a an insurance agent background, so I didn't go without insurance. But I certainly went without a lot, and my wife and I, a lot of people don't know this about my journey, our, our first year in business, I was working about 80, 90 hours a week. By the way, I didn't do anything free. Uh, every, everything for me was paid. But even though I was doing everything paid, I wasn't charging enough. I met the very little bit of money that I charged I didn't feel comfortable charging because I would (laughs) my entire life prior to starting my own business. I was a salaried worker and so the idea of me charging $50 an hour for my time seemed like I was getting away with highway, highway murder because I loved what I was doing. How can somebody how can I make money doing something I love and so I was making 50 bucks an hour but 50 bucks an hour as a business owner and even if you've got 30 40 hours worth of work every week and you're still marketing to get more of that work the economics didn't pay off it, it didn't equate it didn't make up and and just like i think you something you said sometimes it's like listen i see things are happening i see potential business coming my i see things changing but right at this point i just dive in and i and i'll i'll figure it out later and yeah. And I was there, and so much so that Sarah and and just so that you're not the only one laying your heart bare here, what many people don't know about my journey is that in my first year of business, my wife and I went on food stamps I mean and in and
1: we're getting close
0: <laughs> in, in my upbringing, that is like a cardinal sin yeah <laughs> the the idea that you would actually go and and apply for food stamps is like that is an unpardonable sin. And we felt guilty and all this other stuff. And it turns out, we actually had to end up paying it all back because we did have a a pension. And they didn't ask us about the pension. We weren't hiding the pension. And it turns out, when they found out uh, during a renewal, they asked us a questionnaire and they said, you know, you don't have a pension, do you? I'm like, well, yeah, we have a pension. But I'm told I'm not allowed to touch that. You know, there's all kinds of, anyway, we had to pay all that money back. But it was, that was, things were that bad it was very difficult for us for that first year. So, you're not alone and and that's why i resonate with it's so, you know, such a struggle and it's tough to make, you know, copays and living paycheck to paycheck and it and actually not having a paycheck for so long and i ended up we took out $14,000 out of my pension that year and put aside $4,000 for taxes and penalties and we lived off of $10,000 for 4 months.
1: Now i see why you wanted to chat.
0: Exactly. <laughs> So, so when I heard that you're going through this, it's like, ugh, I, I want to talk to her, but, I, but I, I'm at the same thing. I, I, how, can, how can I help Sarah? But I, I obviously can't pull away time, but how can I help Sarah and have it help a lot of other people along the way? And this is one of the things that I'd love to share with you is the idea is, it, can you find creative ways of helping people but making sure that none of that is quiet. Not just, not just depending on that one person or that one business telling other people how much you've helped them, but can you use them as a case study? Say, listen, I'll work for you as long as you allow me to be transparent and share openly what, what I'm doing to help here and using this as a case study to show and demonstrate my work to people who are interested. You know, just, just an idea yeah, there. Yeah,
1: that's funny that you say that because I just transformed my case study page over the last two days with my web designer because her and I had been talking and I she's like my best friend. I've never met her in person, by the way. I've known her for about nine years. I was talking to her about this and I said, I think it's really important. We've done so much work and we had never showcased it. We had never talked about the kind of work that we've done. So that's actually transformed on my website right now. And second. Part to, to what you're saying. I actually, am involved in a mastermind meetup group in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we went there yesterday. And one of the gentlemen that leads the groups, he's a business coach out of Atlanta. And he's really incredible always willing to offer advice and that kind of thing. And I was kind of, I, I'm transparent everywhere, not just on Snapchat. <laughs> I am just who I am, you know? And so the mastermind group is about sharing what you're going through. And, you know, everyone there looks like they got it together. And I'm like, guess what? We don't. And I was kind of sharing a little bit with them. I told Lee, he's the gentleman that runs the group. I said, I've actually been looking for a job. You know, I've, I've searched. I, I think I've applied at about 60 places in a 60-mile radius with n- nothing in return yet, but, um, which I, I'm kind of glad about. I prefer to be an entrepreneur. I am an entrepreneur at heart, and this is what I want to do, but I'm like you. I feel reckless. We've got young kids, so I'm like, well, I have to at some point, when do we have to do the responsible thing, you know? And so he asked me the question. He was like, well, what are you doing to look for a job I'm like, well, what every normal person does, you know, I'm on Indeed or LinkedIn, you know, I'm like uh, applying to job listings. And he's like, no, 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 that's not what you do. He said, you have to research the companies that you potentially want to work for. Or he said, really, you want to work with. And he said, you contact their CEOs and you say you need their help or advice for your market research. What market research are you working on, Sarah? (laughs) And so... I'm actually, I have a Google, I have a couple Google alerts for like social media and social ROI and that kind of thing. And there was actually this morning a market research report and it was like three grand to pay for the report but it had like the highlights of it and what questions they asked so now I've got the questions to ask these CEOs that I'm gonna um, you know I'm gonna weed out the ones that mean something to me and I actually I understand and that kind of thing but he said you've got to approach people in a way that it that doesn't put them on the defense you know and then that kind of Brought us into a whole other conversation about, well, how are you selling yourself? And I've apparently had it all wrong. (laughs) You know, when people come to me, I always assume that they're looking for an answer. They're looking for somebody to help them with social media marketing. They're looking for someone to create a marketing strategy, that kind of thing. And he's like, no, they're not looking for that. They're looking for somebody to do the answer that they already have in their mind to accomplish that goal that they have in their mind. And so I'm like, all right. So his approach was you need to kind of get people to see where they're wrong without pointing your finger at them by asking them specific questions. And that's where I kind of struggle personally because I think that's more of like an advanced sales tactic. And (laughs) I'm not, I don't... um, I'm not a salesperson, you know, so that's kind of another area and um, that I need to, I guess, work on. But that's, again, the struggles of an entrepreneur. You know, there's so many aspects. You can't just hire somebody for sales. You know, you you have to learn sales. You can't just hire someone for accounting. You have to learn accounting and that kind of thing. And so... I don't know, my mind, I feel like it's all over the place right now because um, I went back to school for this four years ago and I got a degree thinking that would do something and the degree didn't do anything, you know, so I'm, I'm thinking, well, is it difficult for people coming out of college, even trying to, you know, either start a business or create a profession because where are the actual skills to succeed in entrepreneurship back to my original snap where you know Gary Vaynerchuk makes it seem glamorous you know
0: I don't think so I you know that's the one thing I can tell you I respect Gary and his personality and I know what that what he does he loves but boy he does not make the the business entrepreneurial life look glamorous to me at all I, I have no desire to li- to live the Gary V life
1: I don't either but there's a lot of people that do and that's attractive to a lot of people. To me it's not attractive that's I, re- I also respect him but that lifestyle just is not attractive to me so that's kind of like the, the personal aspect the character development of becoming an entrepreneur you know you really have to evaluate what does life mean to you what do you want your life to look like and how do you accomplish that thing because I think it's very different for everybody.
0: Well, I'd love to ask you some questions here to move forward with some things that I, I would love to help you with if, if I can. And, and when I say help, not that I have the answers, but just to have a conversation, maybe, maybe even to have you help yourself by being posed with questions that you haven't thought of before. First of all, I just want to say, are you still looking for a job right now?
1: That's kind of always up in the air. We're, we're in survival mode right now at the very moment. So that's, that's up in the air.
0: Let me tell you a little story. Here I am working, 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 and there's still not enough at you know money at you know. Thankfully, we were debt free before I started this venture, but still, it just putting food on the table obviously was a very difficult chore. And there was a point where finally I said to myself, "Listen, I- I'm going to have to go out and get a job delivering pizzas, <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd, just just so that I can have a job that doesn't require me to think a lot." So that I can actually have some income, any little bit of income flowing in, that way there'll be some money coming in. That, you know that, that that's that was something that was on my mind. So there's nothing wrong with thinking of that. And in fact, uh, I I know some people who I've heard that I respect and that I consider to be my mentor when they're helping people in in starting small businesses and stuff like that i've even heard them say listen if you've been into this for 4 years and you've got you know the the situation that you talked about in your snapchat story it, chances are you might want to go and get a job until you have a transition plan in place yeah. so Uh, But here's the interesting story about that, just to give you some encouragement. This had been on my mind for weeks, if not months, but certainly for weeks. And finally, it was the day that I'd had it. I need to go out and uh, and I'm going to put in some applications to all the area pizza delivery places. (laughs) That was it was the day I was getting ready to walk out. I was going to walk out the door within 30 minutes to go do that. And my phone rang. Now, back then, if you Googled podcast equipment, you would get my name and my phone number was in the Google result. <laughs> That's how desperate I was for work. I put my cell phone number <laughs> in my Google result. All right. The so struggle
1: is real. It, it yeah. was
0: a, a podcast consultant that you can call right now. Here's my cell number. And, and so my phone rang and it says, Hey, I found you as a result of a Google search. I'm getting ready to build a podcast studio and creating a podcast. And I wonder if you can help me. I'm like, Sure, I can help you. And he says, but I'm on a really tight budget. And I'm like, oh, great. This is going to be one of those calls. (laughs) I said, "Okay, well, tell me what your budget is. You know, I understand. I can help you no matter what your budget is. I'm confident I can help you find the right equipment for you you, that will make you sound great in audio with whatever budget you have. He goes, well, I only have $25,000 to spend. (laughs) And I'm like, wait a second.
1: That ain't a tight budget. (laughs)
0: I I sat there, I said, it's not going to take you $25,000. All right, so we talked about what he wanted to do. I told told him about my stuff that I have online. I said, have you listened to my podcast? He goes, yeah, I I checked out your podcast before I called. He goes, if I could get my show to sound like your show for less than $25,000, that's what I want. And I said, well, I've got great news for you. It only cost me about $1,500 for what I've got in my studio. And I could give you a list of every piece of equipment I have and all of these different things. And so he, he says, great, do you sell the equipment? I said, yes, I have, an, I'm an official reseller. He says, okay, send all of that to me. Now here's the thing, I was on the phone with him for 30 minutes, and my profit on that sale was $350, I was on the phone for 30 minutes, I made $350. Now, prior to that, I'm making 50 bucks an hour on the phone, right? So I just made $350 in 30 minutes. Then all of a sudden I started to think about this. If I go out and get a job delivering pizzas, how much money am I gonna make? If I work 10, 15, 20 hours a week, what am I gonna clear per month? Maybe $350 a month? Yeah. And I said, wait a second. What if I hired myself to work for me? And I tried to spend 20 hours a week trying to duplicate what just happened on the phone. And then all of a sudden it clicked. It's like, wow, I can make money selling equipment. And eventually, within three weeks, I was making four to $6,000 a month in profit simply on equipment sales.
1: So you weren't selling equipment before that?
0: I was selling but- equipment only to people who were coaching clients.
1: Ah, uh, okay.
0: So it was like a little, it was like a one-off order here and there. But, yeah. it's, but that call, it, it, it never occurred to me to devote time into selling equipment. And I, I started to say, hey, free 30-minute phone call. The only thing I ask is that if you're going to purchase equipment, please consider purchasing with me, although it's not required. That was my thing. I did give away free, but the expectation was I was going to make some commissions. Yeah. And that's how I and I got to the place where I was making somewhere between, you know, a couple thousand dollars a month. And that that was a lot of money can at the time for me. The interesting thing was eventually I got to the place where I started getting connected with some other people. Uh, my friend Dan Miller, who wrote the book 48 Days to the Work You Love, which if anybody's really looking for a job, that's the book you need to read. And that will get you a job within 48 days. But anyway, so Dan Miller, he he and I got this connection. I won't go into the whole story there. But let's just say long story short, after we connected, spent some time, he became a client of mine. He started to refer everyone he knew. He's got this massive online community. And they're all people who are wanting to create the work that they love. A lot of them creating their own businesses. My target audience who want to have a podcast. He started referring people to me. I was booked for three weeks solid All the time. By the time that this happened, my rate was $150 an hour. At $150 an hour, because of the number of people Dan Miller was sending to me, it's going to be about two and a half weeks before I can work with you. It's like seriously, and and a lot of people would actually wait the two and a half weeks. And I shared in my podcast authentically, guys. I'm I'm burning out. I'm working 80, 90 hours a week. I'm doing all these equipment sales. I'm doing all this, and I'm trying to fit these calls in. I've got so much going on. I can't say no to four to six thousand dollars a month in profit to, to to do this. And one of my one of my listeners, who happens to be an entrepreneur, more successful at the time than I was, and he says, "Cliff, I'm going to share three words with you." He goes, "I'm going to tell you three words that'll change your life. Stop selling equipment." <laughs> And I'm like, what? He says, stop <laughs> selling it because I I've listened to you enough. You, he says, Cliff, you are you're way more transparent than you should be. I, he says, I know how much <laughs> money you make. So you make $150 per hour. You've got people waiting for two and a half weeks just to talk to you. You're not even filling your week with consulting calls because you're t- doing all these equipment sales. You're making four to six thousand dollars per month. You're working X number of hours per week on this. Did you know you're making about $23.50 an hour selling equipment? You're turning down $150 an hour consulting calls so you can make $23.50 per hour selling equipment. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're right. And so instantly I stopped selling equipment. My income tripled within 30 days. So it's, it's little tweaks like this, th- things that I would think, and, and when I stopped, when I made that decision, by the way, today I sell the equipment, but I only sell one package and it sells itself and it's some pretty interesting things. But anyway, so, the, so you get what I'm saying here. Number one, wh- why did I share all of these stories? Because it is possible, number one, that you might wanna go out and get a job. And if you do, I encourage you to check out 48 Days to the Work You Love. That book will help you land one. But if you go through this process, Look for opportunities where you think, okay, first of all, how much money can this job that... And, and by the way, you said, I'm thinking about getting a job that I hate. <laughs> <laughs> Never get a job that you hate. Go out and find a job that you love. But
1: That'd d- be nice.
0: Yeah, find a job <laughs> that you love. And and 48 Days to the Work You Love will help you do that mm-hmm. if you want to work for someone else. But mm-hmm. think about this. How much money can I possibly generate from that job? And then think to yourself, what would have to happen for me to generate that much money in my business that I already have? The next thing that I would love to ask you is, have you ever sat down and determined how much money do I need to make in my business? What is yep. the monthly gross income that your business needs to make for you to never need to go look for a job? 4000 Okay. Now, I want to tell you, does $4,000 seem like a lot of money to you?
1: Now it does, <laughs> but I, it's, it's not, I, it's what we, it's what our budget is to just live, $4,000.
0: So, so if your business made $4,000, it would, would it solve the, I don't need to go out and get a job that I hate, right? Yep. It would solve the problem where you wouldn't need to take any more money out of the mutual fund, right? right. Would it get you and your husband some health insurance and the kids some health insurance?
1: Um. Possibly. Okay. Do you
0: let Clip. me ask We're you cl- this? We're close, do you, yes. Do you want you and your husband to have health insurance, and your and your kids to Not have health right insurance? Right now,
1: the VA is taking pretty good care of us. So at the moment, I'm happy settling for the VA at the moment because health insurance for our family is about fifteen hundred dollars. So dealing with the difficulties of the VA is worth it to us right now because then we would need fifty five hundred dollars a month.
0: Okay. Well, that's see. This is where I'm going with this. Do <laughs> okay. you Do you want to settle? For four thousand, and still have the difficulties of that, and I'm also asking because with the difficulties of that, with just the four thousand, you still need all that copay money for the state insurance, right?
1: So fifty five would cover insur- a of really good insurance.
0: Okay, yes. and then do you have an emergency fund to help pay for like emergency copays and that's, stuff like that?
1: That's in our budget, but we can't afford it right now. So, so in the fifty five hundred, that's in our budget. Yeah.
0: In the okay, so fifty five hundred. Yes. So here's what I want to recommend that you do take 5500 and let's just add 500 yes. per month. So okay. we're going to put five that 500 extra is going to even inc- it's going to give you even bigger emergency funds. So 500 extra dollars. So now we're at $6000 is how much you need mm-hmm. to make. All right? Mm-hmm. And I will tell you back in 2008 I did this and for me the number was 10,000. And yes. I remember saying oh, there what can I do to make 10,000? And right now if I make ten thousand dollars in my business, I feel like a complete failure. It's like, and and also, I'm at a place in my business. This is years down that you know to create ten thousand dollars. I can think of something that I could do next weekend to generate ten thousand dollars. It's a lot of the way that you think, but you also, I, I believe, oftentimes what we need to do, we need to sit down and say, how much money do I need to make to be in business and have it be responsible. All right, because that's the concern. Re- remember, I told you how I felt so irresponsible as a husband, and yep. as a father, and not yep. providing. And you just used the same language. I didn't force you to. You used the same language. I, I, how long do I go before this is being irresponsible? Yeah. So would you say that $6,000 per month is going to allow you to responsibly have a business that eliminates almost all of your worries financially for now? Yes, yes. Okay, so now... Question is, how much is your business generating right now on no. average?
1: Um, about $1,800 a month.
0: So $1,800 per month. Okay, so here's what I'm saying is that you've been in business for four years mm-hmm. and you're making $1,800 a month, mm-hmm. which is way less than what it would take to be what you said. Yes, and by your re-
1: measures, I'd be a complete failure.
0: Well, <laughs> if, okay, if you were 10 years into it, yes, I yes. would say so. <laughs> Yeah, but at, but at four years, you by your measures, and tell me if I'm saying oh, this, I'm yeah. not placing this. But in four in four years, you're still operating at an irresponsible level. Absolutely. In a way that makes you feel un- irresponsible.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, do you understand when you said, "Well, the reason why I always do volunteer work to get more business is because that's what's always worked for me." And my question is, is has that been working for you after four years of doing this?
1: Okay, so. The answer to me is yes and no. Okay. Because um, we've always been military, so in the last four years, we've moved three times. Yes. So into different places.
0: That's my next question. So you have a business. (laughs) Yes. Your social media, right? Mm -hmm. So my question for you, and and I know very little about you other than what we connect with on. Of course, I watch your Snapchat stories every day. Is your business local only? Can you only help no. people in your local geographic region?
1: No, in fact, in fact, my customers are never local. Okay, so, no.
0: so and by the way, I, I I generate a significant amount of income in my business these, these days. I will tell you that less than two percent of all of my income in the last ten years comes from the state of Kentucky. Almost none of it. Out of the many thousands of people I've worked with, maybe three to five clients within 150 miles of me. So I I don't ever have to leave the house. And the other thing that I can tell you is is that I could move every year for the next eight years anywhere in the world and my business wouldn't have to start over. So Mm -hmm. I want to know if your clients are outside of the area, Mm -hmm. you said none of your clients are local. Is that what you said?
1: None of them. Okay. They so, were when we were living in Wichita. I had some local clients from doing this. So that's where I came up with this format. And I think that's where you're going. Like, where did this format even come from? Why are you even trying this? So this is how I got business in, when we were stationed in Wichita, Kansas.
0: Now, yeah. using social media, uh, how, first of all, have you had, you've got some clients. Have you done some things for them? And you're talking about these case studies that you're working on. Have you done things for clients over the past four years that have absolutely benefited them? Yes. In what ways? Some of
1: them refuse to believe it, though.
0: <laughs> oh, tell, tell me about that.
1: Um, so for some reason, the people that I end up getting associated with are either on their last leg or close to their last leg, and they're looking at social media as a last ditch effort to save their business.
0: Do you like I working with get- those people?
1: No. Stop, so work, I to...
0: stop working with those people.
1: <laughs> I, well, I've had to learn that.
0: Sarah, in four years, mm-hmm. tell me one company that you've worked with where you've done something, you've, you've actually helped them see significant positive results, and they were beside them. So it's like, oh my gosh, you're a genius. One person.
1: <laughs> okay, so a company I have now, um, I have... I have found some very I've worked with them for a year and I'm excited about that because a lot of people end up dropping me after three months because they're trying it quick and then they don't see in three months. And so I'm at the point now where I say, I'm sorry, unless you sign with me at least six months, we're not doing anything because.
0: First of all, congratulations on that (laughs) minimum six months for anything marketing related. Absolutely. Hands down let me ask you what industry or what type of market is that company that this one company that you've helped see some results that they loved?
1: Sure. It's an apartment complex. It's about 30 years old. There is a, a new investor that purchased the property almost two years ago. He's completely renovated, rebranding, no social infrastructure whatsoever, website or anything a year ago. So a year ago, I partnered with a local PR company who I Adore working with, and they were in charge of building the brand, and I'm in charge of putting the brand out onto social media and building relationships and that kind of thing. So what I'm very passionate about personally is determining ROI, because that's how I've had to prove myself in the past. So I have discovered some very interesting things in Google Analytics just on my own, figuring stuff out kind of thing. Um, So. I have basically this year after looking at the entire year, I was able to identify very clearly some very specific things that are wrong with the website, with their social interactions and very specifically we were able to make adjustments very quickly.
0: Have you been able to do anything where to track ROI on the investment in you? <laughs>
1: So that's tricky because this particular company is uh, managed by a property management company and they hold a lot of the, the stake very close to their chest. So there's certain things I want to track that I just cannot, they will not give me access to. So I try to get creative with what I do have access to. Over the year, I have been able to prove that from what has happened through social media, I was able to bring in $70,000 last year.
0: That is key right there. So you brought in 70000 My guess is that they spent less than 70000 on you.
1: They spend less than 70000 on me, yes.
0: Okay, so I want you to keep in mind that little thing there, okay? The important thing is, do you think that that is something you can duplicate again? What you did to generate the 70000 do you think you can repeat it Absolutely. again?
1: Absolutely, that's easy, yes.
0: Okay, now, let me ask you this. So this is an yes. apartment complex, right? Yes. All right. How many other clients do you have that are apartment complexes? None. None. You want to know what? If you go and you try to be somebody else's social media consultant in a different industry, in a different business, guess what you have to do? You have to figure. out the
1: industry. <laughs> exactly,
0: so you know what Sarah should probably do? Stop seeking anybody and everybody to do work for and she should become the social media PR person that is the go-to person for real estate apartment complexes anywhere in the United States.
1: Well, I should give you this little tidbit. Um, the gentleman that owns them owns 12 others in the nation, and he's asked us to take over the other 12. Uh huh. Um, it's slow going because he has a lot of politics and that kind of thing. But guess what? But-
0: There's some other real estate people out there who have apartment complexes that have less politics. And if you can put together this case study, you can get a testimonial from this person. All of a sudden, then all of a sudden, you create a you create a blog about real estate uh, apartment complex marketing. How to how to completely fill all of your units, Sarah. You create a blog. You become the go to person for apartment complex. How to fill every unit in all of your complexes.
1: So you've kind of encouraged me. That's kind of cool.
0: And I'm not saying this has to be, a, but you understand. <laughs> I, I just I just want yep. to know in the four years, where have you found the most success? Yeah and can it be duplicated and if so why reinvent the wheel for every new different industry out there just
1: get better in that industry
0: exactly yeah and the and the idea is now the thing it's is, smart, is Cliff. you take this and the more you do this in the same vertical in the same industry the better you're going to get the and, and by the way i, I just want to tell you i'll give you an I'll give you an idea back in 2008 when i first started doing this full time My experience of work, of helping people launch podcasts and working with all of the stuff relating to coaching and consulting and podcasting, I had about, you know, maybe I could say that I had about 30 or 40 people that I've helped launch a podcast at that time, okay? Today, I can tell you that personally, one-on-one, I've trained thousands of people. Me, Cliff Ravenscraft, one-on-one, thousands of people how to launch a podcast over 600 through my podcasting A to Z course, but thousands before that. And I've actually helped tens of thousands through my learn how to podcast tutorial for free. And over a hundred thousand people out there will tell you that it was my content that inspired them to get started in podcasting. Now, that's after 10 years. But what I can tell you is, remember I told you I started out $50 an hour. I, I felt like yesterday, I had a guy, or actually two days ago, I had a guy email me and said, Cliff, I'm thinking about creating a startup in the podcasting space. I'm a technology guy. I want to create a startup that's going to help podcasters. I've got an idea and a business plan, a couple different ideas, and I just want to bounce it off somebody who really knows this space, who understands the podcast producer side of things, but also understands what the wants and needs are of the podcast listener. So, and, and he says, I'd love to have an hour of your time. I wrote back to him and I said, so it sounds to me like all you want is one hour on the phone with me where you can have access to all of my experience of helping tens of thousands of podcast producers and hundreds of thousands of podcast listeners over the past 10 years. I'd be happy to schedule a one-hour call with you. It would be $1,000. Yep. Boom. He instantly paid it. We had that call yesterday afternoon. And I guarantee you, I saved him more than $15,000 on that call. But why is that? Because, when, and by the way, in 2008, do you wanna know what Michael W. Gohagen said to me? Yes, I'm calling you out, Michael, again. <laughs> Michael W. Gohagen posted a blog in 2007, 2008. He said, podcasting is dead. And I said, you're dead wrong. <laughs> and he says, Cliff, you don't understand. You don't see it coming yet, but podcasting is dying on the vine. He goes, I know that you've got all your eggs in this basket. He goes, but if, if you want to survive, if you want to have a business, you need to, to give up being the podcast consultant you need to be a social media consultant because nobody wants to hire somebody just to teach them how to do a podcast. They want somebody who can help them do a podcast, who can help them set up a YouTube channel, who can help them set up a Facebook page, who can help them set up a Twitter profile. They they need somebody who can help. Nobody's going to hire a podcast consultant. And I said, you're absolutely wrong. I believe in specializing in a vertical, in a specific niche, and becoming the single go-to person. There's nobody on this earth that has more devoted content and experience in this one area than Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man. And that's what I want Sarah Stahl to be. I don't, I don't know if it's the apartment complex, but I want to encourage you to go that route somewhere.
1: Yeah, you've definitely helped because um, I've been trying to niche myself for about two years and it's really difficult because social media is very big and most people, when they hear, "Oh, you're the social analyst, or you're a social analyst, or you work in social media marketing," can you post on my Facebook page? I'm like, you don't need me to post. Your
0: if you did, if you did this, Sarah, I would never tell anybody I'm a social media consultant. I, again, I don't. I'm not trying to put you into a box. But let's just use it's the too ap- big. I, I agree. But let's yeah. just put the apartment complex in here, just so we can work with this. Okay. Yeah. From this point forward, I would say, I would say, my name is Sarah Stall. I help apartment complex owners fill every unit of every apartment they own. Bam. That's what I do. <laughs> I'm yeah. not a social media consultant. I fill units.
1: I like it. That's bold.
0: And for me, I, you know what people say to me, Cliff, Cliff, I want to create a video podcast and I know that you have, you've got a video studio you've talked about on your podcast. I, I, I want to create a video podcast and I say to them, i say, I'm sorry, I do have some experience. I've got some e- equipment and gear, but that's not what I focus on. I am the, I am an audio podcast coach and consultant. I do yeah. not teach anybody how to do anything with video. I said I've got some friends, Laria Petrucci, she's live streaming pro, she knows more about video stuff than I than I ever dream of. I I'm a video enthusiast, I am an expert in audio podcasting.
1: I think that's important to to know where you stand and then you can explain it really well and people also understand because I I see in people's face a lot of confusion and a lot of misconception.
0: You yep. need to start thinking about okay I need I I, rec- I if I want this to be a business I mm-hmm. require this business generate $6000 a month mm-hmm. all right now if if my business is required to generate $6000 per month what types of products and services do I offer? At what price? How many clients can I take on and and actually devote the right amount of time to getting them results so that I can actually have even more proof that, hey, you pay $3,500 with me and I get you $70,000 in results. This is, this is my track record. I can show you where I've done this over and over and over and over again. How many $3,500 of those things do I need? How many clients do I need? And then it all becomes about going and filling those spots and yeah. I, so I want to encourage you to go out and find pick that niche and then decide what products and services you're going to do that will the, the how many of these clients can you take on and how many hours do you have, how many hours do you want to work on this, and that's gonna help you determine what your price, and then the question is, what can I do at that price to make sure that these people get results, and do I feel confident in that? And once you feel confident in that, then you don't don't go volunteering anywhere to (laughs) to get known. How many hours, you said, the word for word here, you said, I'm trying to feel like a normal person from all the work I do behind my computer, which most of which, is volunteer work how many hours a week are you doing on volunteer work behind the computer
1: well I probably spend about 12 hours a week on paid work and I I work about 40 hours a week so there you go
0: okay <laughs> so I'm not great at math live what's 40 <laughs> minus 12 Sarah
1: 28
0: if, all right so 20 you're spending 28 hours a week doing free work okay so I'm going to tell you something bold. Number one, I would immediately cancel all 28 hours worth of work. I would just say, listen, I just how you are transparent with your Snapchat community, say, listen, I've been doing this business for four years. I've been going about it kind of in a backwards way. I'm doing, I'm doing 12 hours a week of paid work. I'm doing 28 hours a week of unpaid work. You're the 28 hours. Unfortunately, I have to step down. I, I can refer you to somebody else or I can take you on as a paid client you know, but, but if you're actually going to narrow down a niche, you may actually even need to say no to those who aren't in this niche. All right. So consider that Mm -hmm. as well. But I'm going to recommend that you actually close out all 28 hours because if you even if you have to go out and get a job for a while, while you get the niche coin and you create a transition plan where you can build it up, you, you just can't be working 28 hours a week. I know that's that you're a giving person, but give to your family, give to your kids, give, you know, (laughs) Give there first. Yeah, so and
1: that's, yeah, I was just going to say that's the struggle.
0: You want to give in your excess. So basically when you become so profitable in your business that you have some free hours because you're actually, you're not making just $6,000, you are making $15,000 a month. And you're working less hours, you're making $15,000 a month. Now you have free time to get on a call with like Sarah and, and, and have a chat with her for an hour on your podcast and not charge anything. You see what I'm saying?
1: I see what you're saying, but the struggle right now is if I were to nix this 28 hours mm-hmm. and I have no paying customers, what do I fill that with?
0: Here's what you do. Again, we're just assuming that you're going to be the go-to person filling every unit for apartment complex owners, mm-hmm. right? You spend 28 hours a week duplicating what I did on the phone, selling equipment. So what I mean by that for you, let's just assume that it's the apartment complex. I would spend 28 hours a week calling every apartment complex owner I can find in the United States. Gotcha. That's what I would do.
1: Cold calling makes my stomach hurt too,
0: I, though. I, you, you, well, <laughs> okay. So I, of, of those 28 hours, I would spend some of it creating blog content. Yeah. All right. And, and what I would do is I would create the most amazing articles that would just blow apartment complex owners' minds. Like this thing that you did that you know you can trace $70,000 of income to, why not give some insight into how you did that away for free and say, mm. hey, I have this blog article on my filleveryunit.com website. You, you see where I'm going with that? Yeah. Filleveryunit.com <laughs> is my website. Check out filleveryunitcom slash this article. Send that to them in an email. Better yet, if they don't respond to the email, what I recommend that you do, Sarah, that you yeah. find out who those people are, contact, not them directly, contact the, their assistant or the, the people that work for them, the people who answer the phones. And ask them a question. Hey, is there something you can tell me that your boss likes? I'm trying to send a gift. Would it be in an edible arrangement? Should it be, you know, fruit or should it be, you know, whatever? Send them a gift in the mail. Blow their minds and say, here's a free article that I wrote about helping you fill your units. Have you ever thought about this? It's something that I know for a fact generated $70,000 in a very short period of time. Here's the story of how I did it. I hope this helps. If I can be a further assistant helping you to fill more units, check out my website, fillmoreunits.com or email me, Sarah at fillmoreunits. Fill every unit. Filleveryunit.com. By the way, Love you should it. probably get that URL just in case.
1: Someone else is going to buy it.
0: <laughs> anyway, I, I could go on like this for hours, but I hope that in in some way I've encouraged you. Absolutely. I, again, I, I didn't come here to fix your problems. Not that you know, it's just, I I saw your post and I'm like, and and one thing you said, you said, honestly, if it isn't so difficult that you're ready to bash your head against the wall, you're not doing (laughs) something right. And Sarah, that's the only thing I disagree with. I, by the way, I totally get it. The entrepreneurial journey is filled with risk and hard work. And, and you know what? I'm 10 years into it. My business, I mean, I make over a half million dollars a year in my business now, I'm the only guy here, all right? And so I've, I've done a lot, but I will tell you this, even at a half million dollars a year, I still have ups and downs in my business. There are times when I make as many, I make as much as $75,000 in a single month, and I have dipped below $10,000 at the to- at times. And and by the way, when I dip below 10,000, 10,000 is my absolute drop bottom minimum. If I mm-hmm. make less than $10,000, it's an absolute failure in my business. And I will tell you, there are months when that happens, but there are months when I saw, when I went to build this house, my wife and I were sitting in our little tiny house and we had been sitting there forever and she'd been begging me, you know, hey, we've outgrown this thing. You've got this business running out of this house. We need something bigger. And I'm like, can we put it off for another two years? And she showed me the model home for this home. And then finally, I'm like, how much would it take to build this home? And, and we had this dream. She says, well, we need an extra $60,000 for a down payment. I was like, okay, $60,000. And basically what I did is I launched two extra podcasting A to Z courses that year. Now, did I have, did that put a little extra stress and pressure on me? Absolutely. But you know what? After doing just two extra classes, I had enough money to not only put down the $60,000 in down payment in cash, we actually put... Thirty thousand dollars in cash in furnishing this home when we moved in, and all of that because we just decided one night that's what we wanted to do, mm-hmm. and that's what can happen after you get known, and and so it, it takes time. It but it, you don't you can get to the place where you're not bashing your head, feeling like you have to bash your head against the law, and that's Thank what I want to do. But I I, I want to <laughs> encourage you: find out what your niche is, specialize. Yeah and get rid of the 28 hours of unpaid work, commit to yourself, I will not do unpaid work for the next 18 months. Or I'll tell you what, commit to me this, I will not do any unpaid work for anyone until my business is generating a minimum of $6,000 per month. And after that, I'm free to do whatever I want.
1: Wait, you you want me to promise right now? No,
0: I, I, I'm no, I don't want you to. <laughs> okay. But but I, I, but I see
1: what you're saying, and you've definitely challenged me, and I appreciate that. Yeah,
0: and and if you if you do nothing with anything I said today, it's okay. And I just want to encourage you, and I, I I pray God's richest blessings on everything that you do. And and it was just my desire to to come alongside and 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 just help you think about some things in a way that it took me years to come around to having this kind of mindset.
1: Yeah. I appreciate that, Cliff.
0: Well, there you go, my friends. That was my, I, what do you call this? It certainly wasn't an interview. I think it's the equivalent of what you would normally hear from me if you were one of my coaching clients. Over the past four or five months, I've been working with several people, not just in podcast coaching and consulting. I do all that through Podcasting A to Z, but I have taken on a couple of life coaching, mindset coaching, and even business coaching. And what I gave Sarah for free and shared with you guys here. That's the kind of coaching calls that I've been doing with some individuals, and I absolutely love this work, just helping people see things from a different perspective based upon the experience that I have. And by the way, all of the things that I'm sharing, I'm not saying I have all of the answers. I don't know what the right path is for Sarah to follow as I listen back to this. And by the way, I'm recording this the day after I talked with Sarah I took some notes here. First and foremost, are there more efficient ways to generate business than doing unpaid work for exposure? And absolutely it's 28 hours a week of unpaid work. If you completely clear that off your schedule, then you free yourself up for the opportunity to market your business in more effective ways. There's no doubt in my mind that there are more effective ways of building your business and getting more work. What are the results do you offer? I I led down the path of, tell me, what results have you been able to generate for your clients that they absolutely adore and love you for? If you can repeat them over and over again, then you have something to offer. If you specialize, you get to know the industry, and you know for a fact that you have a track record, you've got a formula that works, and you can come in and you can say, I want to offer you these results. Sarah says, listen, I'm not a salesperson, but you are a salesperson when you want to run your own business. If you don't want to be a salesperson and you can't hire a salesperson, then you may need to go get that job. But don't immediately think that you're not a salesperson. You can become a salesperson. So she said that um, cold calling makes her skin crawl. She didn't use those words, but you get the idea. She doesn't want to do cold calling. There are other ways to sell. In fact, we talked about the idea of maybe just sending handwritten notes or small gifts. And again, I know the budget's really small, so sending edible arrangements at this point isn't necessarily something that you're able to do. But when you start getting some clients and and you're delivering some results and they're starting to pay you and you're making some increased income, you wanna set aside a portion of that income so that you can spend money on marketing. When it comes down to sales, if you get to the place where you absolutely know you can generate results, maybe you take on somebody and they're they're kind of on the fence, like, "I, I don't know, I don't know you yet, You say, hey, here's what I want to do. I I do know your industry and I want to offer you for the next three months, I want to implement this one plan. And let's just assume that takes you about an hour and a half a week every week for the next three months. Okay? So you're going to devote an hour and say, by the end of the three months, you'll generate a minimum of this amount. If you do not, you don't owe me anything. But if you do generate at least this amount, then my fee for doing that is $3,500. If I don't get you the results that I promise you that I'm going to get you, you owe me nothing. If I get you results, then obviously it's going to be easy for you to pay it because you wouldn't have had that $70,000 if I didn't actually do this. If, if all I'm asking for is just a mere tiny percentage of, of what I'm able to accomplish for you. And trust me, this is just the beginning. Now, I am a salesperson. And so it's easy for me to think of these things. And I would encourage you to spend maybe of the 28 hours a week, I would encourage you to... Maybe spend a couple hours a week on learning more effective sales techniques and, and ways to market your business. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Sarah, thank you so much for being a part of this. Guys, if you want to check out Sarah's website, s a r a h s t a h l dot lcom Of course, if you go to com slash 488, there'll be a link, you can click on Sarah's name, it'll take you to her website as well. But Sarah, I look forward to seeing you at Social Media Marketing World in San Diego. She's gonna be there, I'm looking forward to finally getting to meet her face-to-face after following her on Snapchat for so long. Anyway, my friends, before I wrap up, I just wanna say my next session of podcasting A to Z is just over one week away from the release of this episode. If you have been thinking about launching a podcast, I would love to be your personal coach for four weeks. You have unlimited access to me during those four weeks as your personal coach. I will answer every single question you throw my way. I literally stand by Monday through Friday waiting for your questions to come in, and I eagerly anticipate the opportunity to potentially serve you in this way. If you've been thinking about podcasting A to Z, head over to podcastingatoz.com and register today. Until next time, my friends, I encourage you to take everything you do in life. And your business to the next level. Podcast
1: it's a Man.